Good morning, everyone. Jim Laird here from Largo, Florida. You know, it's actually the humidity's kind of been a little reasonable lately. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but uh, maybe I'm getting used to it. I don't know. I'm here with my good friend, Charles Mayfield. Charles Mayfield has been a friend of mine for a long time. I was introduced to Charles years ago at PaleoFX by, by Rob Wolf, some guy named Rob Wolf. And um, Charles is a champion for res restorative regenerative agriculture. Uh, natural products, providing people with skincare that don't have like tons of chemicals and garbage in it. Uh, if you're watching this, please like, have, leave a comment, a question, subscribe, share it with somebody else so you might find this interesting. Charles, it's been interesting. You know, you've grown up your entire life in agriculture and around farms. Um, the absolutely insane brainwashing slash propaganda slash attack on what I would call the traditional small farm, uh, traditional, you know, uh, meat production in the name of saving the planet. Uh, they're proposing we all eat, you know, chicken grown in a, in a test tube and meat grown in a test tube and eat, you know, plants and bugs and all sorts of things. Like, I, you know, and a lot of people are like, ah, oh, this is just conspiracy. Like what kind of things are you seeing that you know this this brainwashing is more than just like a bunch of guys on the computer like coming up with conspiracy theories well i mean jim first and foremost it's it's great to be here with you i appreciate coming on with you uh so you know it's it's cliched but you know follow the money right uh that, that cliche works in many instances and on, on think, all things, really on all things yeah yeah, it, it really does. Um, you know, sadly, sadly, there's some people in the world that are that are that are not only following the money, but also following nature. But uh, but no, I mean, I think this really boils down to um, uh, and, and it's at, it's at a fever pitch now. But if you if you look at the convergence of um, trademarkable, patentable products as it relates to nutrition, you know, obviously beef is not patentable and and pork eggs you know it, it, anything naturally grown uh you you cannot you cannot patent uh and therefore um charge a a, a premium for intellectual property so I, I think from the food side of the court you've got an intellectual property battle because that's where all the money is and then you flip that over to uh the the convergence if you will of big food big ag and big pharma, uh, you know, they're these these products that they're uh, pitching uh, don't don't seem to to do much to create healthy humans. And you know, I, I I think in many in many good ways we're at a tipping point with human health and our ability to tolerate uh, poor nutrition and 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 toxicity in our environment, which is why you're seeing just this glut of obesity and chronic disease and 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 quite frankly fairly nefarious uh, uh guidance and advice from the from the uh, gated institutions of of I think, medicine I think, I think extreme lunacy is the word we're, we're looking for with the cdc declaring that men can breastfeed and men can have babies and like just an absolute um not only ig ignoring biological truths, but absolutely stomping on anyone who has these views that are like historically, you cannot like argue that 
these things are even relevant. But the emotional uh, argument and the uh, the hate crowd and the the cancel culture has has just it, it's just absolute I, lunacy is the only way I could really describe it. Yeah, well, you know, when you're when you're malnourished and vitamin B deficient, you live you live an indoor zoo human life. I mean, look what happens when we put animals in a zoo; they go nuts. They yeah. have to be on drugs and they quit they quit reproducing. So that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. So I mean I, I'm I'm optimistic. Um, I'm optimistic that, that uh a lot of people are starting to wake up. And again, you know, we've I, I, I do feel like we're at a tipping point uh as it relates to uh well a couple of factors. You've got this this amazing new technology. You know, the fact that you and I are in two completely different places and I'm in my car and you're in your in your office and and we're able to communicate. And then simultaneously, that signal goes out to the world. Yeah. Uh, so 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 pe- people can share their stories, you know, and, and uh, buck buck the trends and talk about their uh, their successes and and what they're seeing in the world. And then and then others can can listen and 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 keep up with with those kinds of things but um but yeah i just for for me the it, it's been a it's been the silver lining of, of the last couple years is uh you know that i first sort of had an inkling of this thing's jumped the shark when when the conversation around uh natural immunity isn't as isn't robust um yes. And uh, I've been very, very fortunate to sort of get plugged into some folks like uh, Brett Weinstein and Heather Hying at, uh, uh, at the Dark Horse. These, these are two evolutionary biologists. And so they, they, they have been a sanctuary of sanity for me over the last couple of years and just sort of general sense making of the world. But yeah, um, but yeah it was, it was uh, when, when, when ivermectin was labeled horse paste, when, when, when all you had to do was go to Google to see that it was, um, it won the Nobel prize for its impact on humans and, um, and then natural immunity, you know, the, the arguably the weapon that has brought us to this day is our ability to, to, uh, develop immunity to, uh, pathogenic, uh, things in the environment. That's not good enough anymore. Um, yeah, no more it's, chicken, no more chicken pox parties. Um, I know, dude, I had one of those. I, I know it's really funny. Uh, I uh, I compare like the uh, and this will probably get burned down on the internet. That's totally fine. I compare the uh, the banning of like uh, or the shunning of uh, ivermectin and like hydroxychloroquine would be like banning uh, metformin for type two diabetes. Like probably the most studied medication in the history of mankind. It's actually a plant goes back hundreds of years. It's shown to be insanely safe, especially if you actually change your lifestyle and actually stop living like a dumpster fire. Um, it has actually incredible longevity effects. I can I, I would compare that to them coming on and saying, you know, metformin is 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 no longer safe. It's toxic. You you can't take it for 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 diabetes. It's the same kind of idiocracy are you seeing more people kind of banding together in communities and more people getting into raising their own food and you know especially with uh 
with all the the talk about them putting um, certain things, certain uh, certain therapies into animals now. Are are you seeing more people actually taking charge and like getting chickens and you know getting relationships with local farmers and things like that? I've seen a little bit more of it. You know, I, I hang out in my bubble, just like just like everybody else hangs out in theirs. And uh, but but you know, yeah, newer faces, younger faces, which is actually hyper encouraging to the uh, regenerative ag homesteading space. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm seeing a little bit of an uptick. I mean, I, I can tell you this. You know, market forces are always uh, great indicators. It's it's been a lot harder to get you know chickens or uh, or supplies for like pastured poultry uh, in the last uh, couple years. So I, I do think a lot of people are taking taking a little bit more care of of where their food comes from and and dipping their their toes in the in the waters of regenerative ag. And so that that is encouraging. Um, you know, and at the same time, we're you know we still hear this talk of you know these fifteen minute cities or yeah. and um, you know aggregating people and vertical farming and uh, you know it's the the funniest thing about all of it jim is this stuff comes out of out of the start gate all of this stuff comes out of the start gate with just such zest and zeal and sexy marketing dollars you know pumped behind it i I remember reading an article uh this is probably three or four years ago i had a bunch of people send it to me they were converting i think it was in denver colorado or somewhere in colorado they were converting an old parking garage into this magnificent vertically integrated like you know led light food production i i forget i forget how much how many millions of dollars they dumped into turning this into this like inner city you know food haven and uh and, and it was you know all the hype all the publicity and I, I think they've closed it down. This is in like less than four years. Like, like they couldn't, they couldn't make it work. And you see the same thing going on with, you know, beyond meat and, and, uh, I, listen, I don't hate the player, hate the game. You know, if you want to go raise a bunch of venture capital money right now, uh, you hop on the, uh, the, the ESG DEI, uh, train and you can raise as much money for any, you know, harebrained idea you've got. I mean, you know, chicken lab meat grown, chicken grown in a lab is seems to be the latest. You know, and um, and at the same time that Beyond Burger and Beyond Meat and all these all these uh, plant based uh, meat alternatives are absolutely absolutely in the basement. Like they're just. <laughs> cataclysmic falls i think there's probably going to be a huge lawsuit uh uh or, or there already is about uh labeling mislabeling of these meats you know it's funny we uh it, it, it's similar to skincare i know we'll get into that in a little bit but um you know the the, the idea that something grown in a lab is somehow more beneficial for you to ingest than something that we have evolved to consume uh for for you know millions of years is uh we we've we've lost our intuition brother that's that's the thing um crazy because you know all these problems that have been presented um 
everything, the solution was always the opposite of what should have been done. Right. <laughs> you know, when they were telling you to not leave your house, don't go outside, don't exercise, you know, stay in your house, you know, wipe everything down. It just goes completely against everything we know about immunity, the whole deal. Uh, same with the environment. Like if they were serious about the environment, they'd be talking about nuclear power. They'd be talking about regenerative agriculture. All of the things that are being presented are actually harder on the environment than they're, what we're actually doing now. You know, uh, and, and, and of course, the people that are preaching this stuff, none of them lead by example. You know, they're flying on private jets to these meetings when they could do it over Zoom. Um, you know, they're, they're buying beachfront property, uh, you know, in places they say are going to be underwater in like five years. You know, how many times has, you know, we've been told that, you know, the whole world was ending in the next 10 years, either due to an ice age or a heat wave or whatever. So it's just absolute lunacy. And, and, and the best way to protect yourself from this is to stay present, stay healthy and, and, and surround yourself with people that, that actually can still think and reason and and all those sort of things, and then support people that are providing good, high-quality products um, that uh, that are actually doing good. And on that note, you know, traditionally, if you look at traditional cultures, you look at historically, you know, animal fats, particularly lard, have been used for skincare for, I mean, eons and eons and eons. And it, you know, what I, I've I've been to your place, I've seen you raise your your hogs, your happy your happy pigs, and all that good stuff. Tell me about how you kind of got into this space. And, you know, I know we've got tons of ladies that watch the show or even myself. Um, you know, they're, they're sick and tired of putting stuff that has 70,000 ingredients on their skin. Um, you know, how, how did you get into this space and, and kind of how's your operation and, and all that sort of thing? Sure. That? So uh, how I got into it was, well, you and I know each other from the paleo sort of paleo effects i think uh yeah. we met back in maybe 14. it was a while ago yeah it's been a, been a minute but uh but yeah i mean right around, I, that was right around paleo comfort foods do they even publish that thing anymore i think so Ju julie got all the books uh we we uh paleo comfort foods dropped in 2012 2011. Yeah. So 2011. Somewhere right, it was somewhere right after that because I remember we went to your place and you guys cooked up like a unbelievable oh, bread. That was uh, the ancestral health summit came to Atlanta. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I think that was, yeah, that was maybe 12, 13 or 14. Yeah, um, I was like, yeah, Fergoso was there. Yeah. You know, yep. and that was when, that was when I went off. This, this homeless guy asked me. Uh, to give him some money, and I said, I'll, I'll, I won't give you money, but I'll feed you. And uh, he said, Well, I want some chicken wings. I said, Okay, man. So I think I don't know if you were there, but Sarah Fragosa was there. And John was looking at me like, Here I go, trucking off towards the, like the CNN building with this homeless guy. They're like, Larry, where are you going? I'm like, I'm gonna go feed this guy. So like, <laughs> we go, we go walking, and the neighborhood just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And of course, I was um, not worried because I, I had some um, personal protection with me, even though it probably wasn't legal. Um, I was not worried at all for my safety. I was I had the ability to take care of myself. Let's put it that way. And so we continue to keep walking and 
we end up at this like dive and of course he invites all his friends so i order everybody chicken wings there's like eight of us sitting there eating these chicken wings and they were actually pretty decent they were like it was cooked in like this like kind of like uh food truck kind of deal yeah it was actually really good so i sat there for like 45 minutes with these guys and then of course they up the ante they're like hey man you don't have to hang out with us, but how about you rent us, like get us a hotel so we can crash for the night? And I'm like, look, dude, I just fed all you guys. I am not getting you a hotel so you can absolutely trash it. Like, no, like that's on, not, on my dime. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, they, and I was like, you know, I got to be careful with this. And they were like, okay, man, like, okay, I'm gonna go. They're like, thank you so much. And they sent one of the guys with me to kind of walk me out. To, they're like, we'll take you in a way that you won't get yourself in any trouble. And I was just like, okay. But that was that was really funny, and of course Sarah Fergoso and Don are like Jim Laird is an absolute idiot, you know. So it was really fun. I I love doing stuff like that. I actually, I actually enjoy like people will come up to me at the gas station and ask for money, and I'll be like, I'm not gonna give you money, but what 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 what, what can I get you? And and I'll go in and get them whatever, even if it's junk food, I'll get them whatever they want food wise. I just yeah. refuse, and th and then if they refuse that, then they're totally like I I can't, in Lexington they have this epidemic of people camping on the side of the road and soliciting money and i used to get subway gift cards like ten dollars and i'd i'd hold them out through the window and they'd be like cash only and i'm like well you're obviously not really starving <laughs> yeah, so, yeah well that's a little yeah, side yeah. so so you, you basically you basically looked at the industry and you have this product right you're you're producing pigs and you've got this byproduct which is a wonderful byproduct lard i mean if lard is one of the most versatile fats there is you can cook with it you know dr stillman loves it because we can take things like iodine and have it absorbed through the skin mm -hmm. really great at moisturizing your skin um i use it on my feet because my feet for some reason my whole life have been really dry and cracked and it's really one of the only things that and utter bomb that really really work on my shocker utter bomb works um that really work on my feet so tell it to, Tell us a little bit more about what you got going on in your product uh, before I railroaded you with the CNN. <laughs> I love it, man. I, I do remember that story because uh, it, it you went on that adventure the the day before or the evening before our, our dinner. So you were yeah. you were uh, recounting that at the house. No, I mean, so you know, history of skincare. We you know, as as a culture or a cornucopia of cultures, we've been fascinated with skin health forever. Uh, and yeah, prior to, I would, I would argue prior to the turn of the century, you know, early 1900s, uh, that, that entire industry was dominated, dominated predominantly by animal fats. You've got olive oils and, you know, you can read the Egyptian text, but you know, it was a lot of animal fats, whether it was butter or, uh, or, you know, just rendered fat, you know, the, the, the lard tallows of the world. And so... And also, historically, it was really something that was, uh, if you want to call it this, reserved for the elite. And and I, I would make the argument that most regular folks didn't need a skincare routine, uh, you know, even as long ago as maybe 100, 150 years ago, just because most of those people were uh, on, a, on a very regular basis in direct contact with animal visceral fat, uh, just due to you know, hunting, gathering, processing, you know, we, there, there wasn't a butcher on every corner uh, right. 75 years ago. You know, there wasn't, 
when, when, when was the first grocery store opened up? Gosh, that's been, you know, less than a hundred years ago. And so, yeah, we've always had this fascination. And then, you know, turn of the century, uh, cotton seed oil, uh, production ramps up, uh, predominantly driven pharmaceutical industry, the petroleum industry, uh, all the things, all the things. Yeah. And you know, it really, I mean, if you look at what's happened to farming, if you look at what's happened to, uh, skincare, if you look at what happened, you, you can really sort of point the finger at, a, at, at a couple of different things, obviously repurposing, uh, nitrogen harvested from the air post world war one and world war two. And then we get, you know, uh, uh, synthetic fertilizers and, and God almighty, those things, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Synthetic fertilizer is unbelievable at producing a crop this year. Yeah. But, but you know, it not, doesn't have a good long-term effect. I remember I grew up in a farming community in Northern Canada and I remember the Hutterites, everyone used to complain because they'd have these giant trucks, the giant like gas trucks of manure and they would drive them through the fields and just spray the whole field. Oh, yeah. And everybody would complain because it's, it stunk, but consistent and they rotated their crops, um, you know, consistently year after year, they would just produce like the best produce, the best livestock, you know, year after year after year, you know, because they understood the long game. Right. Um, and we don't understand how to, you know, we've, we've done a really horrible job at working with nature. We, most of the stuff we've done goes completely against nature. You know, we impose our will on nature instead of working with it, you know? Um, yeah. And, and well, and, and that's, you know, that's where we've sort of gotten things out of whack. I, I love the work of Alan Savory. Uh, he's, he's got, he's done some amazing work, the Savory Institute for your listeners. If you want to check them out, um, they've pretty much got the template to reverse desertification and restore our soils. And, uh, he, he, in his, uh, in his book, he talks about sort of, you have to balance economy, energy, and ecology, right? The, the three big E's and, you know, this goes for our food supply, goes for skincare, goes for a lot of things. We, we've hyper-focused on the economy, right? Make as much as you can, extract as much as you can uh, from our soils, and, 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 and burn energy, you know, at nauseam, you know, just whatever we can do, get uh, burn through the energy, uh, grow the economy. Uh, but over here on the ecology side, we've, we've really we've really let that slide. And so I, I, I do, I, I'm a capitalist. I mean, I have a consumer products company and uh, I want it to be incredibly successful. Uh, it will, it will not be successful to a point where uh, I have to, I have to abandon the ecological promises I've made to my clients. You know, we, you know, fat, animal fat, especially subcutaneous fat from pigs, you have to raise a healthy, happy pig, which means you have to feed it well. You have to, you have to manage it, you know, moving it across the land. It's not stuck in some house where uh, the sun doesn't shine and, and it's, and it's uh, hemmed in with, you know, a thousand of its closest friends that, you know, with one pig on the one end of the house gets sick, they all get sick kind of thing. And so, uh, I have to, I have to remain committed to that. Uh, we're going to use, you know, energy as efficiently you know, as possible. This, you know, when you get into grazing and, and a lot of the regenerative practices that Savory espouses, as well as many others, 
you know, you're you're taking advantage of of the number one free energy source we have each and every day, which is which is the sun. And so there's a lot of that going on, uh, you know, sort of to circle back around to, to our company. So, yeah, we, we, we're about a year and a half in. We're the we're the first lard based uh, skincare company. That, I, that I've run across. I mean, I, I've, I've looked pretty hard. I think there was an Etsy page I saw somewhere. But but yeah, we, we lead with lard. We, we have tallow in our products as well. But, uh, you know, I, I make the argument that we say that the lard works in mysterious ways. And and it's true. Uh, you, now, again, back, you have to raise a healthy, happy pig. This is, this is why lard is, is such an amazing fat, both for cooking as well as any and all uh, textile and um, other other product development needs, but pigs and humans share so much biology. Uh, I, I I call them four-legged humans. They're uh, they're they're highly intelligent as a, as a non-human animal, uh, but they metabolize vitamin D from the sun the same way we do. They they're a monogastric omnivore. You know, a, a, a lot of the skincare animals, everything and anything, just like we will. Most and can actually thrive on most anything, which is another reason why they're such a magical animal. Is you can drop a pig into almost any environment, and they will they will find a way to thrive. Well, and they will so, take it over. They will absolutely dominate it too, like literally within a generation. They oh, they will, can. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. Will, they will absolutely take over like insane fleet. So we're so so I want to leverage that, right? I want to leverage the pig gift. You know, we're using a product, uh, we're using a byproduct of eating pork that is, you know, for all intents and purposes, a waste product in today's culture. You know, there's just they're not banging down the door at the grocery store for uh, vats and vats of of lard. It's you know it's Crisco and vegetable oils and all these various other things. We've I, I, it's funny. I've got my cousin, probably my closest cousin is a, is a antiquer junker. You know he goes around and acquires these various things. Got a great eye for this kind of stuff. There, his house, they have collected probably I don't know a hundred uh, antique lard cans. Now these are. These are, you've seen like the popcorn tins at uh, Christmas, you know, the tri-colored yeah. popcorn. It's, these are varying sizes of tins from the turn of the century that are all lard. And, you know, and I, he's got tins that are 120 pound tins. He's got tins that were eight pound tins and they've turned some of them into can lights and this, that, and the other. It's, it's, it's awesome. I love going to visit him. But the point is uh, 125 years ago, that's all you had and, and, and everyone knew about it. Everyone used it. It was, uh, you know, Crisco, uh, Crisco was dyed white. So cottonseed oil, once it's hydrogenated is not white. They dyed it white. Uh, when Procter and Gamble launched, um, Crisco, they dyed it white because the predominant cooking fat at the time was lard and lard is white for those that don't know. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm got this, this company, we only have a few SKUs, you know, so let's talk about what's wrong with skincare real quick. So, you know, again, it's, it's a lot like the diet industry, you know, they want you to eat seven small meals a day and 
regulate this and regulate that and you got to count calories and step on the scale and you know they, they, they've they've removed you away from your intuition like how do i look how do i feel how do i perform and they've done the same thing in skincare you know you need a you need an am cream and you need a pm cream and there's a different cream for your eye versus your elbows and and you, listen i i understand and appreciate i mean we have a face specific product because you know, our face is our billboard and we wear clothes that cover up most of the rest of our body. And so, you know, how our face looks relative to our chest or back or whatever the case may be is, I, I understand that. But but outside of that, you know, they, they've convinced us that we need 17 different steps and, and uh, an AM and a PM routine. You know, it's just like nutrition, just like the last three years. No one wants to talk about what are you eating? You know, if you're a dermatologist, if your dermatologist isn't isn't encouraging you to get seven to eight hours of sleep a night and get out in the sun occasionally, which that would be a stretch for any dermatologist, get some sun exposure, especially early and late, and uh, you know maybe maybe reduce or eliminate refined.